Welcome to the Sanskrit podcast where the ideas of ancient India meet the modern world. Our guest today is Vikram Phatke. He is a practicing attorney who specializes in constitutional law, civil law and service law. He has practiced since 2003. Today, Vikram is here to talk about the legal aspects of ancient Indian culture. Namaste Vikram. No. Thank you for coming. So Vikram, I want to start by asking you is there anything unique about the legality of ancient india that we should talk about maybe we begin there um ancient indian legal system there is one very striking uniqueness in the system that the laws do not emanate from the god or the prophet the laws the rules the regulations are the conscious creations of philosophers seers and the thinkers and one another very important aspect of our ancient indian legal system is that the king was not the lawgiver mm. and the king the raja was subordinate to the law mm. unlike in the west or in other systems the king was the fountain head of law he could mould deviate do as he pleased and he was not bound by law interesting ha huh. so i want to probe a little further because my understanding of modern western law is that the church and the state are separate but you are talking of previous before that 10 commandments and things like that before hmm. see the uh, terminologies of uh, church the state secular sacred these are the terms with which to analyze the indian system it is grossly insufficient mm. we may not get the whole picture if we start analyzing the indian system through these classes the system was entirely different a product of its time and also of the geography hmm. comparison can be done only on peripheral things looking at through these prisms hmm. but however the system as such was quite different unique as well as very interesting hmm. you just mentioned uh, it's a product of its time and its uh, geography so for a lay person we hear only about arthashastra and chanakya so can you just describe what was the milieu what was it like then were there other big personalities and how 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 did that play out in society okay uh, before going to the personalities as such if we see what were the sources of indian law hmm. ancient indian law and then we can go to the sure. personalities as well the primary sources in india we trace everything to the vedas hmm. vedas give a broad outlook picture of the life and the values 
बट दे एज सच डू नॉट प्रिस्क्राइब और प्रोस्क्राइब एनी थिंग दे स्पीक अबाउट ट्रुथ दे स्पीक अबाउट हैविंग अ गुड लाइफ दे स्पीक अबाउट हैविंग अ नोबल लाइफ बट द प्रिस्क्रिप्शंस आर कैन बी सीन फ्रॉम द धर्म सूत्रास फ्रॉम द स्मृतिस फ्रॉम द जनरल प्रैक्टिस यूसेज एंड द रूल्स एंड रेगुलेशंस विद इन द स्मॉल कम्युनिटीज दैट एक्जिस्टेड दैन इन दीज दोरमोस्ट अर्लियर टेक्स एज वी कैन से वेर द धर्म सूत्रास there is a literature called sutra literature which includes shrauta sutras grihya sutras and the dharmastu sutras so shrauta grihya means what shrauta sutras are sutras or uh, uh, rules reg- uh, regulations with regard to the rituals yagna yaga and uh, grihya sutras are with regard to the within the family the conduct all these sutras how a householder has to leave behave and uh, more on the family picture and these dharma sutras concentrate on the relationship between human beings mm. between the king and the uh, subjects mm. and the uh, contracts and the punishments violence uh, crimes mm. these are the thing and the next literature is the smritis mm. which are like the codified law of ancient india in the sutra we, uh, sutras dharma sutras we have a baudhayana apastambha uh, vasishta vishnu all these were great personalities mm. on whom the sutras or who have uh, given these sutras the smritis are also based on these sutras mm. sutras are also broad frameworks and the smritis are the codified law mm. here parashara yagnyavalkya manu all these uh, are the luminaries mm. who gave the codified law mm. and one another important aspect is the law which governed people was not static mm. it changed according to the times mm. it changed according to the places and it also changed according to the circumstances huh. but who adjudic who was the judge who decided that yes. this is an exception and we should change the law to suit this yes the all these parashara is regarded as the oldest mm. parashara smriti is regarded as the oldest mm. and uh, by far the most influencing was the manusmriti hmm. so we can just one doubt i think it's really profound what you said that the laws were written by philosophers and even the king was not above the law i don't know if there are stories where the king tried to influence parashara to bend the law for him or or it was just a given that the king too will be subordinate to the law because I mean in the Mughal era you can hear people were thrown in dungeons because they didn't listen to the king the ministers and all but in ancient india it was not like that you in your opinion see the ideal was mm-hmm. that the king is subject to the law correct and we hear no great instances where the king himself influenced for a change of law yeah. or sought for an exception 
yeah. for himself or for his selfish needs. Yes. No doubt there were kings and uh, it's human conduct. Yes. That uh, people would have tried. The bad kings. <laughs> Whatever, not so benevolent kings. Yes, yes, yes. Who would have tried uh, to get their uh, ends met. Yes. But however, the accepted, acknowledged and well-practiced usage was that the king is subordinate to law, to law. and there is no exception. Hmm. At least the commentaries, the law does not make any exception. Is that, as a lawyer, is I see that as profound, is that a big deal, the way that it is? I mean, yes, hmm. it is really a big deal. Hmm. We experience it even today. Hmm. Suppose there was, it was at the whims and fancies of the administrator and not of the law. Hmm. We would be at the mercy of individual whims and fancies. Hmm. Hmm. We are living as a society in a conducive and uh, uh, good atmosphere hmm. because it is not the rule of a man. Yes. But it is the rule of law. Yes. Even the Western concepts of rule of law. Yes. It is this. It is not the rule of man, mm. but it is the rule of law. Mm. Every man, every king, every administrator is bound by law, mm. and nobody is above law. Mm. I, 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 we were discussing earlier about this King Manunidhi Cholan, who yes. we studied in history books uh, in Tamil Nadu because a cow rang the bell. Uh, the prince, the king's son had uh, driven his chariot and killed the calf and when the cow rang the bell, the king told the charioteer to run the chariot over his son, thus equalizing the pain felt by the cow mother and you had mentioned something which I didn't know. Yes. Uh, this is a very interesting anecdote. Hmm. Here also it shows that law is supreme hmm. and not See, the prince, the king's own son, committed a crime. Yes. And that too against an animal. Mm. And the king was so just that he did not spare even his son. Mm. Even when the cow rang the bell. Mm. And very interestingly, this sculpture statue is there even today for all of us to see hmm. in the Madras High Court. I didn't know that. Uh -huh. Yes. And anybody who visits Madras, if they have time, they should visit the High Court there. Hmm. And in the front, there is this statue, which shows that law is mightier hmm. than the king. Hmm. Um, so, you had mentioned earlier about there, uh, the judge, there were the law changed. It wasn't static. Yes. So how were disputes resolved? Because I can imagine two, I don't know, farmers coming and saying, my circumstance is different. Why don't you change the law to suit this? So how were disputes resolved if this law was not static? Yes, it is like this. As I said, there are various sources of law. Yeah. The sutras, the smritis. But another very important aspect is also the usage and customs of those communities. Mm. And there were courts and even the king was also the ultimate judge. Mm. But however, in a real practical sense, the communities, the guilds, mm. 
Mm. That is the guilds of agriculturists, the guilds of artisans, the mm. guilds of uh, merchants, ah. the guilds of those Jewelers. professions. Yes, they used to decide the dispute. Ah. As in today's uh, aspect, what we see as arbitration, mm. where is wherein a subject expert is also made as a judge mm. to decide the matter because he will have expertise in those subjects mm. and the conducts of people. Mm. in those aspects mm. in those disputes mm. even in earlier times these disputes were decided not just on the written law mm. but also on the usage mm. and also by the communities and the guilds mm. very Hence, interesting uh, the justice was not only fast mm. but also practical mm. and also the people who underwent them felt that justice was done correct correct i was just imagining a scenario where a, a, a goldsmith makes a mistake and his master says i'm going to remove it from your salary every month but this man is poor and cannot afford i imagine that some uh, arbitrator from that community would make some adjustment yes, or yes uh, he would be in a better position he yes. is more suited yes than a third party judge who is not well aware of the happenings of that yes, trade. Yes, yes. The manga has become a <laughs> lotus and yes. why not use it as a jewellery? Why are you forcing this young man? Yes. So Mistakes do happen. Yes. Of course. But only persons who are proficient in that trade, in that field, yes. would be in a better position to judge. Correct. Either it should not be very lenient or too harsh. Yes. It should be commensurate to the uh, dispute in yes. question. So again in all these movies we see people sitting under a banyan tree and the gathering and then the, the panchayat the gives the uh, ju judgment. Was it like that except in a court? I mean what was, how, how would you describe the, the, the court uh, appearance in those days or imagine it if you could imagine it, how would it be? The first mechanism of resolving the dispute yes. was within the family or the clan. Yes. Then came the involvement of the communities, the village communities. There the village elders would sit, discuss, hear both the parties mm. and then give a, their ruling. And it was had to be followed, no, no exceptions. Generally it was followed, mm. but whoever was not satisfied, mm. of course he could go to the legal mechanism established by the state. So there was an appeals process. There was a process. Huh. There was a process, but generally by and large what we have read and understood is that petty and small issues used to get resolved mm. within the family or the community or in the village uh, mm. panchayat. Mm. And the present day panchayats, though we have retained only the names, mm. was had to be modeled on the earlier this one that was the thought correct, process of correct. course but now we are uh, in a more centralized uh, system correct yeah that makes sense um, so as a woman i always assume that legal legal the legal system of ancient india was very patriarchal all the names you said in the apastamba all of them are men so how did women fare in all this i mean were they viewed as without rights and responsibilities or was it equality or equality itself is it a modern idea of today's age and did not apply to that age 
how how were how did women fare in ancient india uh, with regard to the luminaries there was a very great luminary called lakshmi devi also oh i didn't know that yes and she has written a wonderful commentary on manasmriti <laughs> it was not that there was dearth of women mm. however to think that it was only patriarchal mm. again i wouldn't like to use this term mm. because these terms are alien mm. to our system mm. as i said it would be very uh, narrow mm. this is a small prism to look at the uh, our systems mm. Mm. rather i would say that it was neither patriarchal nor matriarchal mm. it was family oriented mm. and each one had his own place mm. or her own place mm. so even men were constrained as uh, so if you look at it like that even women had certain roles and responsibilities and men too had these of course as ma- as many of course mm. there is no doubt the laws the system was centered around family mm. not on the father or exclusively on the mother mm. the division of property mm. succession mm. was generally on the male line mm. because a system had developed that a woman goes in marriage to another family mm. she belongs to that family mm. not just to the husband mm. but one very important aspect is from time immemorial there is a concept of stridhana mm. in our legal system mm. that is the exclusive property mm. of a woman okay yes which could not be touched by anybody hmm. not even by her husband her children her parents anybody i don't know that she hmm. could hold property exclusively and in contradistinction hmm. a man could hold property only as a family and not as an individual generally oh that's good <laughs> yes no doubt a person could make his own money hmm. but it was generally treated the money made by a man is for the family and from the family only yes that is why we have the concept of uh, uh, hindu joint family yes but stridhana was the exclusive property of the woman okay very interesting yes. and um, i wanted to ask you about divorce in ancient india did such a thing exist or not uh human beings have always been the same <laughs> whatever the times and the places yes they are instigated by the same instincts and for two pre- persons to live together as it is difficult or good today it was the same earlier as well yes there was divorce hmm. but generally it was not favored hmm. even as of now yes agreed society doesn't like for the families to break up correct and it's not good for children you could argue yes. all that yes the same thinking was also there yeah and here also there is one very important aspect i would want to say that the grounds for divorce for a husband was very very limited aha uh-huh. yes only he could divorce a wife if there was fraud played upon him during right. the time of marriage mm-hmm. or if there was a 
continuous or habitual infidelity mm. 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 not just one instance or mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. habitual mm -hmm. this, this mm -hmm. is a very important word but he could not forsake his wife mm. in all other circumstances mm. he, he it was his duty to maintain her mm. he could take a second wife mm. but he could not abandon his mm. first wife mm. which yes which and uh, we cannot look at those times from the glasses of the present correct but women had a greater liberty of divorce they had they had a opportunities not just opportunities in law mm. they were entitled to get out of the marriage yes if their husband deserted her yeah and if he was removed from the community yes for his bad behavior or for whatever reason yes and if uh, uh, what you say that uh, the husband the whereabouts of the husband's was not known correct like and the stories of the yes. ship he goes and away and if the husband died of course she could remarry yes there was provision yes in law as well though in practice it was very prevalent was not very prevalent it was prevalent okay in the ancient times yeah we are seeing only from the time between the 9th and 10th centuries till the recent 1920 centuries wherein our society was under continuous attack mm. from barbaric hordes from outside the country that's how sati and all started i guess uh, that's how people were forced mm. the whole indian system was forced mm. to become more and more closed yes correct. but when we regard as the ancient system mm. it was more open more liberal mm. and uh, more natural i would like to add one more thing that the smritis the ancient laws provided that when a girl is taken away by force against her will that is uh, it also includes rape she could return she could uh, marry and the forceful abduction or rape was treated as wrong and she was regarded as chaste and a maiden who can remarry who can marry not remarry but marry of her with her own uh, will and choice mm. yes this is very in interesting wherein by legal fiction it was treated that she is a maiden and she can marry of her a person of her choice Vikram, you have given us a fascinating glimpse of how laws of ancient India are still trickled down to today, and also how they were different, and what we can learn from them. I think it's been a wonderful podcast. Thank you so Thank much. You.